Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Rise Up with Ivy and Calla. Where spirituality meets practicality. Good morning, and I'm Ivy. And I'm Calla, and I hope you all are doing well today. I got to tell you, I am really enjoying wearing these sunglasses yeah. on the show. Yeah. I, 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 you know, if I just don't feel like putting makeup on or whatnot, I can just put on my sunglasses. <laughs> so why are you wearing the sunglasses, Ivy? It's a protection strategy. I'm an empath. I need to, I, I'm trying to keep away all the other energy. And if you look, they're reflective. So they're so not it's just. going to bounce back to me when you, when I see myself, it's going to bounce back. Kind of like it, it, it just can't even hit me. So like, you know, if we're dealing with calls or whatever, and you got a little bit of anxiety going, it's just not going to completely come deeper. Wonderful. So that is one way that you protect yourself as an empath. Um, as an empath, you do need to learn what works for you Absolutely. and not everything. The sunglass thing probably is not going to work for me. Cause you don't wear sunglasses. That's exactly true. <laughs> but for those of us who do, so look, not every place that I can wear sunglasses, mm. but if I turn around, I can put my sunglasses on and guess what? You may not see them, but I can. So I use, I have an invisible armor, like a knight's armor. Um, shield around me and the same concept that it bounces back. Well then guess what? I'm going to put these on and we're just going <laughs> to be bouncing back from each other. No, but it's so important that you find some sort of way. Um, a lot of empaths learn to detach. Um, but that's not necessarily healthy. It is not. Um, I can talk about something without feeling. Mm. Um, I used to think it was such a great thing. But what I learned was I was running away from my own emotions. So this whole, this segment, we're going to talk about different protection and grounding techniques that if you believe you're an empath, or if you know you're an empath, or if you are just starting to question, you can come up with your own, you take one of these ideas or just create a way for every day. Because regardless I think at, at different points of times um, in our life and through the days and stuff, we come up with, you know, that connection with somebody mm -hmm. and you can't help but to feel, especially if you care about somebody. Right. So how can I be there for someone I care about without falling into it? You know, I, a really good way that Sai used to explain it to people is you and I are sitting side by side, Right. And if we're both in the same mental capacity, we're sitting next to each other, how can one of us help each other out? Mm. So we almost, one of us has to elevate. One of us has to be. So we can reach and grab a hand and assist while they are pulling themselves up. Right. So one of the things that I think is great about you that you don't actually say is protection, but I notice it with you all the time and we've talked about it is your headpieces. So yes, you call it, I, I, I haven't, I don't think that, um, I don't know what you call it. I wear bandanas. <laughs> you know, they're not as elaborate headpieces right? as uh, one of my queens that I have in my life. She does these all fancy things. But yes, I do wear my head scarves as a form of protection. It's a form of comfort for me. And it's, it's a type of shield. Absolutely. So during my sessions, um, Typically, you'll see me with my head wrapped. Um, when I have a lot of sessions or when we're talking about something that I know is going to invoke a lot of emotion, I have a bandana of some sort. A lot of times I wear it tied like I did yesterday. I 
think it was yesterday or the day before, <laughs> um, or I'll just have it wrapped mm. here. But again, it's almost like for me, it's that I look in the mirror before I come out and I realize, okay, I'm good. Right. So it gives me that moment of acknowledgement that I have protection mm. on, you know, um, what, are, what are you normally, so let's go through a normal process for both of us of what we do when we're, um, maybe you do at, like for energy working and I'll do for going out in public. Okay. So, uh, you want to go first? No, or, let's oh. go you first. <laughs> okay. So for me, um, uh, for those that don't know, I am a Reiki master. And so I do Reiki sessions, um, throughout the day when I am interacting with people, um, form again that invisible shield warmer um i have not in the past been able to imagine <laughs> so i just know by faith that that invisible form of armor is there so that's <laughs> the I am too. absolutely um essential oils i have a protection blend that um i came up with specific for protection Again, that invisible shield. And then you'll see her website will be up soon when we have our websites. And she does sell those oils right. as well. Yes. Um, and then crystals. I incorporate crystals in every in all of my sessions, whether they're with the client or they're just around in my studio. Um, there's a variety of different crystals. Uh, black tourmaline is typically my favorite. It's in, on my person because it's used as a sponge. It absorbs what my personal um, protections does is missing, <laughs> you know. Um, and so crystals, um, the darker the crystal, the the more protection it it has, uh, protection abilities it has. Absolutely. So I do things a little different if I know I'm going somewhere. Definitely sunglasses on, a baseball hat, something of that nature. Again, I'm like you, I'm not the visualization of the white shiny light and stuff, but I just have faith and know mm -hmm. that I'm protected. I also typically, depending on what's going on, I call on Angelic. Mm. Um, I call on Archangel Uriel before me, um, Michael behind me, Raphael to the east, Gabriel to the west, surround me with protective light and love, keep me safe. Um, that tends to be something really big that I do. I'm a little different with you. I, then you are. I don't use tourmaline. I do not like tourmaline for the same reason that you like it is the reason why I don't like it. The way I look at a sponge, and this is where, again, tourmaline is one of the most protective stones there are out there. Mm -hmm. But I procrastinate. I personally know that I am not going to cleanse it as often <laughs> as it needs to be. So what happens with a sponge is it absorbs. And then so say you've got milk on your counter and you're using a sponge, there's a point that the milk will not go into the sponge mm -hmm. anymore and that you because it starts to seep out. I know where my limitations are, okay? One of the biggest problems that I have is taking that time to clear my crystals, things of that well, nature. I don't know if you remember, but back in the old, old, old shop, <laughs> the, old, old, old shop. the old, old, old magic ways, we were sitting in the reception area and I had a black, a piece of black tourmaline and it literally crumbled. crumbled. It crumbled. I remember. Yes. And it crumbled in my hand. And I said, um, is it supposed to do this? <laughs> and you had asked me, well, 
how often do you clean it? And at that point, cleaning wasn't on my list of things to do with my crystals. I had just started learning about crystals and I knew doing energy work that I needed the black tourmaline, but actually cleaning them wasn't something that I did on a regular basis. Right. And it literally crumbled in my hand. I remember that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I use black obsidian or right now I'm using like a sun obsidian um, and where it still has that power, power to, I'm a, more of a deflector. Mm. So if you look, even the glasses that I wear, mine is almost like the mirror reflection. Um, obsidian is a, def a, a deflective stone. It's like that back off stone type of thing. So, but regardless, it's still something we both need. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but regardless, we're both using stones. Mm -hmm. We both have that faith based. Okay. So I don't look at my stone and be like, okay, I need you to protect me. Da, 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 da. I put it in my, I carry mine in my bra or on my wrists or I have stones on mm -hmm. and I just know, I don't question. I just know. Right. Um, because if I question then I'm opening up that opportunity for it not to work, just like when I call on St. Michael for protection, I know he's there. Right. I don't have to question if he's there. So knowing, you know, when we say knowing's half the battle, knowing is the battle. Right. Like you go ahead and you know it and believe it, it comes. Mm -hmm. I think the the tools, the the oils, the crystals, those are just tools. Mm -hmm. um, I believe my God is going to protect me and he's going to allow things to happen. Obviously, that's that's life. Things are going to happen. Uh, I'm going to feel stuff that I need to. You know, I'm not, um, not everything gets deflected back. Some stuff does come in and that's, that would, that's what makes me me. Well, and that's like, we, we talked about one other time is, you know, there are people out there that'll be like, look, you're an empath, but you can protect yourself from all energy. Mm -hmm. If you're not, you're not good at what you're doing or you haven't honed. No, that is somebody else's perspective on it. I truly believe if we're meant to feel it regardless you know, like we talked about the other day, I was in bed sleeping and I felt my client issue and right. I went to the hospital. Why? I don't know. Yeah. But for whatever reason I was meant and it did open up a connection with our family. So, you know, we may not understand why, but let's be honest. How much of the world do we really understand why as we're learning things anyways? It's when you look back years later, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So other grounding techniques. Um, we're really fortunate because we have this beautiful ocean. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, I know Sai is big for the ocean. He puts his feet in the in the surf water sand where he starts to sink mm -hmm. and he imagines himself being a tree. I love soaking up. I say soaking up the sunbeams and the moonbeams. I love just sitting out whether it's day or night and just soaking in soaking in those beams for me i think my biggest thing that i do more than saging myself using bells anything i salt bath after mm. like i probably take three to four baths a week um and then even in shower 
I am salty. Well, and that's what I, you don't have to soak in a bath. For me, I, I do salt showers. I have um, salts, bath salts that I add coconut oil to or almond oil to to make it more of a scrub. And I scrub my body with the salt and take a salt shower. Not, I don't have, it's not that I don't have the time for a, a bath. I feel more invigorating after a shower. So what I do, if I've had multiple sessions or we've had some craziness that's gone on. No, we don't get crazy. Not, not <laughs> so I will take a hot bath and I will put some Epsom salts and usually they, I say flavored, but they're, they're scented. Scented. Um, uh, the one I personally like is ashwagandha mm. it calms the mind as well um i need that decompression now i need to soak and everything just to go away before i get out i empty that water out let all that junk come off me down the drain and i imagine it and lately i've actually been rinsing off in the shower afterwards to kind of give me that pep up uh -huh. But also to be like, okay, so all that junk went down. If there's any scum, I want to go ahead and get that to go away. And then I air dry. Not everybody's going to have time for that. Now, Sai, um, he doesn't take a salt shower and definitely doesn't sit into a bathtub. <laughs> so the body wash that I have is an Epsom salt body wash. So he is still right. getting that, you know, and with our boys, we do the same thing. Um, I think we do the activated charcoal with them because I figured they really between school <laughs> and everything else. But how do you, okay, so if we're not trying, if it's not good for us to detach from our emotions, how do, when, so say we're sitting in a room together, hypothetically speaking, okay. one of us is on a call and you can tell it's a stressful call. Besides walking out, because you want to be there for comfort for our friend, mm -hmm. how do you detach and not feel? Because I know if I sat here and you were on the phone <laughs> and I sat like this, that's probably not going to help. Um, I, I pray. I send Reiki. We'll, we'll have to get into that yeah. next week. <laughs> and... You know, sometimes it's a matter of physically, you like physically covering the solar plexus or physically covering the heart and just being present for that person. I think that goes to what we were talking about yesterday. You know, with the eye lock, it's the same thing. When people will say when your arms are crossed, you're not being receptive mm. to people's conversation. Yeah, I'm being receptive to the conversation. I'm just, I'm just not receptive to it hitting my solar plexus. Right. Yeah. You know, and because that is where our etheric cords connect one mm -hmm. to another so you a lot of times see both of us i i know we have <laughs> kind of like this because we want to be there especially if it's a high emotion conversation mm -hmm. with somebody um you also you you mentioned about cords we all have those connections with people whether we want it or not we're making a connection with just the slightest bit of interaction even our family. Yeah. And we don't want that. So again, <laughs> and this is where I think, so we have to really look at things in a different way because this is where our mind can play tricks on us. And I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience. Mm -hmm. 
you know, when you think of cutting cords, we're thinking of cutting ties with someone. Not That's the same. not the same. Um, my family, I cut cords with, even you, I, I, you, I cut cords with probably when we're doing shows and stuff in the end. But each week, I, I specifically cut cords with my family. If the person's meant to be there, they're going to be there regardless. And it doesn't mean that you're way over there. It means if I haven't been able to cut them prior, I need to get rid of this stuff. So I am not getting inundated with things that I don't need. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if one of my children is dealing with dating issues, you know what? I, I don't want to that <laughs> unless they need to talk to us. Mm -hmm. I don't need to feel everything again right. if we're equal if we're falling into that place and we're equal level who's going to help to pull us up mm. one of us has to stay there and so i think that part is difficult and so what the cords are it's an etheric cord it's an invisible cord and it literally the main spots that we look at is our heart our solar plexus and our sacral um i'll let you explain why though because <laughs> <laughs> Why would the cords be from our heart and our sacral and our solar plexus? Well, um, sacral, that is that is the core. That is our... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, that is our core center, especially in women. Um, speaking from experience, that is where we have our, our source of creation, our source of creativity. That's where we get that oomph from. And we don't want that interaction, whether you are involved with somebody intimately, you don't want their gunk to be up in you. If physically, but realistically we do think about, okay, so nowadays you don't hear about people staying with one person. They have had multiple partners throughout their life. Oh my gosh. I'm not talking about myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what I am saying is you have to cut those cords. Mm. Um, have you ever or known somebody, we won't even ask you personally, but known somebody who still years after years, they can't disconnect from the person they either were married to or dated or something of that yeah. nature. Well, that cord is really strong. That is a, a tie that binds. Yeah. Um, so when you're intimate with somebody, it's that sacral area. Mm -hmm. Your solar plexus. The, your solar plexus is your, your um, that's your self-confidence. That's your, that's your love center um, for yourself. And so you don't want other people's influences and I find that that is the one that we connect to the most. Mm. And, you know, and I say that because I feel like I connect with that. You know, if I've got a client and we are working through things, it's usually solar plexus. That's where the intuition comes in. That is why, I, you know, if I'm in a reading with you, chances are you can read me as much as I read you. Mm. But you have to trust in that process. Yes. It's definitely, <laughs> but that's also where you hear the term energy vampires and where they begin to zap you. Okay. Now, when I hear energy vampires, I can't help but to go to like the lost boys, <laughs> things of that nature, you know what I mean? Movies, but that's not what it is. And I don't really think people know they're energy vampires for the most part. 
For the most part, there are those there are, couple. Yes, there are some who know exactly what they're doing, and, <laughs> and it's just a constant pull, pull, pull. A need, need, need. A pull, pull, pull. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's learning to cover that solar plexus, and then the heart. I believe that's what our family. That's the people we, our friends, our love. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I want to go back to the energy vampire real quick. I have learned the narcissists who are in my life. Are energy vampires? Um, do the they they draw they thrive on sucking the life out of? Because it, and I don't even know if they come into it saying I'm going to suck the life out of you. I don't believe anyone does that. There there probably are those people, but mm -hmm. for the most part. It's more about they're sucking the life out of you so they can feel more empowered. Mm. But they're empowering the ego, not the soul center. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. I, I, you know, I, I may have, I like my thoughts on life and how people think. And I have to believe that we all, again, are born full of love. It's learned behavior. Mm. But you have to want to be... Well, I don't think any of us want to see our faults, but you have to be willing to see yourself through other people's eyes as well. It doesn't mean what other people think of you is accurate, but in a growth perspective, it is a good idea to see from somebody else's point of view. Mm -hmm. Because we only see, you know, put your finger out. It's straight. So everybody put your finger out as far as you can. It's pretty darn clear. Now bring it up to the bridge of your nose. How many do you see? Multiple. It's mm -hmm. not so clear anymore. It's hard for us to see what we, you know, when we already have a thought process or a vested interest in what we want to come out, it's hard to see it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but I know like even in my own life, if Sai would be like, baby, you need sage. I'm like, kiss off. You need sage. You know, and it has no disrespect. It's hard to hear that. Mm -hmm. But then we do go back and we think it through. And we're like, yeah, maybe I did need some sage or some cleansing or some grounding. Or maybe I am being a little abrasive. Where the problem comes in is when we don't reevaluate who we are. Um, you brought up sage. Sage is a great way. Or a cleansing herb is a great way to help ground yourself. To help... Um, protect yourself. Absolutely. What do you, what is your favorite grounding art? Uh, you know, I've been gravitating towards Palo Santo. Oh my gosh. I use, I love Palo Santo. Um, that is my favorite. Now I don't use um, the wood stick as often, but in my protection oil is Palo Santo. So I am finding that I use Palo Santo a lot. It's also known as the Holy Wood. Um, it's harvested in Peru and Ecuador. Um, I will say I love Palo Santo because it has more of an uplift mm -hmm. for me as well. So that is one, even some of the candles I have have that, or I diffuse the oil right. in my diffuser. Um, and I will use the stick. The stick is a little harder to keep it burning, um, but it also lasts a long time. And I like it because I feel like it's an angelic connection. Mm. Again, just my thought process, just my feel. But again, I just have to know it. These are all ideals and variety of different tools 
you have to gravitate to what you feel comfortable, what feels comfortable for you. Today, I was um, with somebody who was on a conversation and I could start to feel anxiety creeping up. I grabbed my iPad and I started reading a book. Not that I wasn't paying attention and not that I was really reading, but I was like, okay, this isn't mine, but I was too close to the person. So I was having more of a difficult time. So it was almost like a distraction for me. And sometimes it's good just to be distracted. Um, sometimes it's good just to plug your ears. Um, physically, I mean, I, I told y'all the other day that one of my kids, she literally went through a couple of years of wearing, <clears throat> excuse me, wearing earphones. Um, not that she was listening to anything, but the fact that she was, that was her way of to block out the noise. Walk around your house like this. Yes. I, okay. So maybe you might not want to in a store for whatever reason, again, find out what that reason is. Is it because you're worried what people are going to think of you? If that's the case, what other people think is none of your business. They don't have to know why, but try to walk around like this a little bit. Um, I love when I put on a baseball hat and my sunglasses mm -hmm. again, you know, our family is getting ready to go on a vacation, a small vacation where there will be thousands of people. Yes. <laughs> my glasses will be on me all the time. How can I make sure that I'm not connecting, you know, um, but I don't want to miss again, the beauty of the world, the memories that I'm making because I'm an empath. What I have to learn is how to protect. You don't want to become a recluse. No. Um, but there are ways to help guide you on this path to help protect you so you can enjoy this thing called life. Absolutely. And again, we highly recommend a book by Dr. Judith Orloff called The Empath Survival Guide. She's a psychiatrist, an empath at herself, as well as a medical doctor. And she, again, comes up with different ideas. Ask people you know. Reach out to us. Again, if you don't take the ideas we have, that that's perfectly fine. We don't. In, in all actuality, all we want to do is be able to give you a starting place, right? So you can come up with your own. That was like what my Reiki master did years ago when she asked me if I was an empath, um, and she said you might want to look into that. That was her way of putting me on this path, but letting me guide myself on what direction I needed to go. And I will also, I you know, I want everybody to remember the journey is the destination. If we don't learn and work for something ourselves, then we just get something handed. Here's the answers. Here's the answers. Here's the answers. You miss out on the journey, right? You know, you miss out on that destination that is coming. You miss out. How do you not know that you're learning for this reason that's going to show itself years down the road? Um, I highly encourage you to get a journal. Um, and one separate for being an empath and things that you've learned. And all of a sudden you're going to see a few months later down the road or weeks later, or, you know, years later that you don't even have to think about it. You just do it and put it on. Yeah. On that note, gosh, these go so <laughs> quick. Thank you all for joining us on our entire week. Yes. And next week we're going to be focused on energy healing yes and reiki and I'm just so oh, oh, a whole lot of just energy just talk about energy thank you so much for joining us 
You all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Many blessings.